Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Standoff Show here on New Zealand Sports Radio. And after the uh, Warriors' performance at the weekend, we thought they would be doing a change-up of their... Uh, uh, of their side and so we thought we might do a, a change up of the side here on the standoff as well um, and uh, give the boys the night off away from uh, having to deal with uh, with such a loss but uh, they rebelled and said Paul you don't know what you're talking about so I'm going to have to bring them back in. Hey Brad and uh, Richie how you doing? Hey good thanks Paul how are you? Oh well I'll, I'll get out of the way now and, uh, and let you do this show seriously. <laughs> yeah so uh, I didn't know we were going to have a night off it would have been good um but yeah welcome to episode nine season three of the standoff with brad and richie here on new zealand sport radio we are here live every wednesday on facebook throughout the season and yeah he kind of took the words out of my mouth richie but um that last match really dampened my mood but what did you think of the round oh the round was really great mate i really enjoyed um all the matches from thursday to sunday um <laughs> yeah i don't was there was there a game on monday yeah, there was a couple. Um, there was one pretty good one and one really um, bad one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, while we're here live on Wednesday evenings at 8pm, you can also catch our show at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. As always, we're going to cover everything you need to know in the week that was Rugby League, including our top stories of the week, a review of round seven and an update on our tips. We'll then stop and answer some questions from you guys as well as some questions we have for each other. Um, we'll then go into a preview of round eight and make our tips for the week um, before ending the night, hopefully time pending, um, with a recap of the Super League. Um, so remember to send us comments and questions throughout the show, and we may as well jump straight into the top stories of the week. Um, Let's do it. Yeah. And see Simon's here evening, Simon. Um, yeah, there was a Dragons-Roosters game. Um, that was, yeah, that was the only one. Forget, first part forget. of my... Uh, yeah, <laughs> We'll First part of the news um, we have there, Richie. Um, we may as well, we're ripping the band off straight away. Um, the Warriors break the records for all the wrong reasons um, this weekend. And Coach Nathan Brown claims some of the players gave up. Um, we'll discuss the match, obviously, in the review section of the show. But what's your take on his call on players giving up? I don't think you concede 70 points without an element of 
a few players given up, to be honest with you, because uh, with the way the NRL is, I think the competition's so tight that first can be playing last and, and there's still at least a bit of competitiveness about it. Um, yeah. We haven't seen a 50-point blowout this year so far, so um, for us to have 70 put past it, there, sadly there, there was signs of uh, white white flag being waved and towels being thrown in, uh, if I'm being honest, but yeah, it wasn't nice. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't. I can't speak for you because um, I, I don't know that much of your sporting career. But I have been on the victory side of score lines like this um, in my younger days, but I've never been on the receiving end of one. So I can't mentally put myself in that situation of what it's like to just basically be spending your whole um, time under the goalpost. But have you been in a losing situation like that before? Or funnily enough, yeah, I have uh, probably. Once or twice, I remember one clearly uh, high school age playing against uh, Joe Rokothoko in rugby union. He scored at least a half dozen tries, and I think it was something like 100 and something nil. So uh, it's pretty demoralizing. So feel for the boys. See, I got to play Joe Rokothoko once, and we just narrowly lost because they didn't like playing in the country um, in the rain. So um, Mm. you took took you pretty Auckland boys um, into the country and they didn't like it. But um, yeah, uh, I, I, I kind of tiptoed around it in my review that I wrote this week. Cause I, I mentioned like a lack of heart, but I don't really like doing that because you don't know what the players are thinking. But like you said, there was a lot of times in there where it looked like players weren't really wanting to be there anymore. Um, mm. And uh, I discussed it at work today actually because a lot of people are saying like it's their job they should do it it's like how many times have you mentally clocked out at work if you're looking at yourself <laughs> honestly um anyway, were the cows on the pitch before the game no but they may as well have been paul um it was, it was dirty weather but yeah um I, i've mentally checked out of work um obviously it doesn't have the impact like a professional sportsman does and it's not a good look but um hopefully um glass half full kind of approach it's a wake-up call um Mm. but yeah we'll get into it more in the review obviously um we don't want to go too long here on that um next bit of news andrew or andrew adam g um has been dropped this week um he was the referee in the roosters game and um did not simbin um daniel tupo for his high shot and he has been um, benched basically because of it. Interestingly, though, he referred it to the bunker and the bunker let it go. And that bunker official is actually officiating two games this week. So I can't really see the logic there. But um, what's your take? Do you think the uh, the Roosters getting another give-me-up by the officials two weeks in a row was just a bit too much for the NRL to handle? Oh, yeah, possibly. Um it was a bad one, to be honest, and it just throws more fuel on the fire of, um, you know, when people come out saying that these top teams get looked after. Um, you can guarantee that if that was someone else other than Tupo, if it was somebody like a we, – we talk about him in the Naughty Boy Corner all the time, Jack Hetherington, for instance, uh, probably getting a month off for that kind of tackle. 
Yeah, well, we'll cover in a little bit how long Tupo's seeing on the sidelines for that shot. But I did see on um, Facebook and the like people doing screenshots of this is Hetherington's high shot that he got five mm. weeks simbining for. And this is Tupo's and Tupo's did look worse. I know I love to say there's no such thing as a high shot, but the rules are the rules and these ones, they are blatant. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's disappointing to, to see that happen. Um even though I was going for the, the roosters in that, um, even though I was going for the roosters in that game, cause I really wanted to see the dragons lose. Um, I think the dragons were hard done by in that situation. Um, and then uh, we're and my next bit of news is kind of going over a question we had either last week or the week before asking about Talakai. Obviously I'll talk about him a lot very shortly in our match reviews, but we were asked, um, do we see him being a Kiwi? And we both said that we'd like to have him. He's actually obviously watched the show and decided he does not want that. And he's declared himself for um, New South Wales. And in the interesting situation um, that Freddie Fittler doesn't normally go with, but he's kind of said it's okay for him to play for Tonga. He doesn't really, because Tonga are actually going to be playing the Kiwis, obviously, during the origin period. But, so it means he would miss an origin game. So um, Fitler said that doesn't matter to him. He would still have him in the side. So um, Kiwis miss out on another one. Good to see Tonga getting uh, another talented player getting to play for them. And um, how long do you think it's going to be till they rejig the rules so Tonga are classed as a top-tier nation and don't get to play Origin? How long? I'm not sure, mate. Like I think if you're beating the Kiwis in, in Australia, um there's a pretty strong argument that you're up there with them. Um, but again, we haven't had test 40 in a couple of years. So it's, how do you know? Yeah. Would, would it be the same if they play Australia tomorrow? You don't, you don't know. Um, in any event, I don't think Tonga rugby league will have anywhere near the resources of a Australia, for example. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a funny argument. Yeah. I guess if you, if you're going away from who the team is and how they're performing and go to resources, they mm. would still be a second tier. So yeah. that makes sense. Um, from that standpoint, um, I just want to stop seeing all these players playing for Tonga and using the origin loophole so they don't play for the Kiwis. Yeah. Um, Cause that's really the main reason a lot of them are doing it. That might be controversial of me to say, saying that they don't care about playing for Tonga, but if you can play origin and play, for Tonga, um, instead of just playing for the Kiwis, you get more money, um, essentially. It's, it's, um, it's a pretty big carrot, isn't it, uh, for yeah. Australia to have the state of origin selection and, and the, all the money that comes with that. Um, it's a pretty big carrot to dangle in front of a player. So yeah, it's a little unfair yeah. in that sense. And see Fiona evening. Um, she said that they should be tier one already. Yeah, I think if it's going by the resources thing, though, I think that's where it's a loophole. But I think performance and player base, they've got some of the best players in the game right now. Mm. Um, obviously still a bit thin in the halves, but everywhere else, um, they've got a lot of talented players. Um, but we'll, we'll go off on that. We'll, we'll obviously get a lot more talk once we get closer to Origin and that international game um, in a couple of, uh, in not that far away, really, a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, so we'll move on to some signing news. The Dolphins have signed Cowboy forward Tom Gilbert. For the 2023 season, it's only a one-year deal. Um, I don't know much about him, but it's interesting to see another forward go to the Dolphins. They're going to have a pretty forward-heavy um, roster by the time next year comes around. What do you reckon? Uh, 
Yeah, I, I know he's a promising youngster from the Cowboys, so um, it's another good one for the Dolphins for their forward pack. I mean, they're going to have a pretty decent-looking forward pack after all, all said and done, already having Felice Kofusi and Bromwich and the likes signed. So, um, yeah, it's about time to start picking up some some of these backs, hopefully not yeah. Reese Walsh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, I know there's been a lot of talk saying that they've got a lot more signings that they just haven't announced yet. Um, so I guess we'll start to see those flood through as the season develops. So we'll keep our ear to the ground on that. But continuing with um, players leaving the Cowboys, the Warriors have nabbed um, Dejan Asi, I think is how you say his name. I apologize um, if I've got it wrong. He signed from the Cowboys for the rest of this year, effective immediately. He was even named in the extended bench for the Warriors this week. Um, we messaged yesterday when the news broke, kind of saying we don't really know much about him. I tried to look into it a bit more. Still didn't really get too much. He's played um, a handful of games for the Cowboys and can kind of fill a lot of roles in the back line. So I think he's definitely going to help the Warriors, especially with the back line um, stocks being a bit low right now. Um, but what was your take on the news? Yeah, it's it's hard to say without having seen much of him. I know he's only sort of had, is it 10? I think maybe 10 first grade games over a I couple of years. So. At, yeah, over a couple of years at the Cowboys. So, I mean, I haven't seen anywhere enough, near enough of him to to have an opinion on whether to be excited or... Uh, <laughs> but with our backline depth the way it is, it, it can't hurt, so... If he gets a chance, I'm hoping he's a he's a diamond in the rough. Yeah, definitely. And adding to that, um, the Warriors have also extended um, Villiami Valia's time with the club until the end of 2025, which I'm quite happy with. Um, I think he's a good little talent, needs a bit more time, and um, it's good to see that they've they've shored him up for a few more years. Yeah, that one I'm happy with. I, I having seen a bit of. Uh, Viliami in, in the reserve grade, I, I know he's got a lot of talent and he's a good, strong runner. So um, I think he's one that just needs a bit of first grade time to, to develop that further. But, you know, I think he's a he's a prospect that's waiting to emerge. Definitely, definitely. And um, before we move on to um, my injury segment, we've got some more signings for the Storm. Storm have signed Tarek Sims on a one-year deal for next season, and they've also signed Catalan Dragons player Joe Chan on a two-year deal. Um, I think great deal for uh, Tarek Sims. Um, you know, it's not bad when you're unwanted by the Dragons and the Storm want to pick you up. Um, that's not a bad team to, to fall into. And I think he's a hell of a talent already, and I think he's really going to fill a hole for the Storm with all those players they've got leaving going to the Dolphins. Um, Joe Chan, I don't know too much about him, but he seems to be doing reasonably well for Catalans, so another good pickup for them there. And uh, the Storm don't really get duds. Um, they'll get they'll get one of the, the worst players in the competition and turn them into a diamond. So I think you'll see big years for both of those players next season. What are you reckon on those signings? Yeah, Joe Chan's meant to be a decent talent from over there, but... Obviously, we know a bit more about Tarek Sims, and on his day, he he's explosive and fantastic player. So uh, you can pretty much guarantee once he pulls on that purple jersey, he's going to become, you know, you know, he's going to fit in very well there. And and with the players in, in that spine feeding him good good pill, he's going to 
flourish there, I think. Yeah, definitely. And um, so that was all I had on the news segment. Then I've, the next two parts I've broken up. We've got... Oh, Paul? Actually, before we go off the news, um, I've, just, I've been doing a bit of research on the old uh, tears within rugby league. Um, yep. And I've uh, got an article from 2019. And uh, apparently, well, the um, international guy said that uh, weightings are based upon strength of opposition also. Um, so the higher ranked opposition, the higher the value of a win. Uh, and it's calculated over a, a rolling four-year cycle with results degrading over time. Uh, now, obviously, with no results recently at all, I'm surprised there are any Tier 1 nations. Um, but, yeah, England, New Zealand, sorry, uh, Australia, New Zealand, England are the only Tier 1 nations currently. Um, but, yeah, so if they're getting, if the if Tonga get enough good, enough wins, then, yeah, they will become a Tier 1 nation. And apparently they are, that's, that's well, back in 2019, that's what they were aiming to do. Um, just, uh, I thought, some, some dollar numbers, which were kind of interesting. Um, so an Aussie makes about 30,000 uh, 30, a game for a state of origin appearance. So that's sort of 90k if you play all three. Mm-hmm. Um, for a Wallabies, uh, sorry, not Wallabies, uh, gone. For an Australian, um, the uh, Kangaroos, the, the Kangaroos, kangaroos thank you. <laughs> it's 20k SS match, and uh, the Kiwis make 5k SS match. So there you go. And Nocturnal yeah, <laughs> Wright says, uh, it must be serious. Paul is not wearing his painter's hat. The reason I'm not wearing my painter's hat is because I'm not at home, so I've not got my whole setup. So I'm just wearing the headphones and the bucket hat and headphones just don't work. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, we still have news technically. I just broke the next two segments up into Injury Ward and Naughty Boy Corner because we had a little bit to talk about in those. Um, so first bit I have is Injury Ward. Um, we'll start with the Newcastle Knights. They have lost Dane Gagai and Himmel Hunt um, for at least a month. They've said Himmel Hunt could be out for six um, after they both fractured their cheekbones. Um, that's a big loss for the Knights, um, particularly Dane Gagai. No disrespect to Himmel Hunt, but I think Dane Gagai has been a real um, key part of this Knights' backline this season. Um, what do you reckon um, about the Knights' um, success? or lack thereof, without Gagai out there. That's a big, big blow. Uh, when you look back on the weekend, the nights were really poor, and we'll cover that more in our review. But um, losing Dane in particular, he's been one of the few sort of shining lights for the Knights. I know they had a great start with their first couple of games, but they've fallen off pretty hard. And, yeah, that, that one hurts because he's one of their top players. So, um yeah, I'm, I, you don't wish injury on people, but maybe it's my wooden spoon prediction coming true. That that's that's bad karma coming your way, Richie. I know. Um, next bit of news: we'll go with the Warriors. Um, Dylan Watizesniak um going to miss this week after suffering a concussion after a sickening knockout in the match against the Storm. Um, he was okay, thankfully, um, but due to the short turnaround this week, he has to sit out due to concussion protocols. But um, I think that's a massive loss for the Warriors, um, especially with Montoya suspended. Um, they're going to have to rely on some young guys to fill in on the wings. But I don't really want to talk about it in the review, so we may as well cover it here. What do you think about that knockout? Um, it's I tell you, there's not a lot of players I would want to get a knee from, but... Um, Big Nelson's probably the, the the first one I'd want to avoid, but it was just a horrible collision, and then he dartboarded into the ground at the end of it, which didn't help. 
But um, yeah, what do you think of it when it happened live? Yeah, not nice. It was one of two really ugly knockouts I watched on the weekend. One was in the Tyson Fury Dylan White fight. Um, <laughs> and then this one was just as bad. Um, you're right. Yeah. If there's one person in the NRL's knee you don't want to run into, it's those massive, massive knees on on um Nelson Asso for Solomona. So not 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 nice, but it was good to see Dylan come out on social media and say he's okay. He was just giving the ground a hongy. Yeah, yeah, it's great to see that he he's fine because it was really scary at times here because you could see that he was he was sleeping, um, and then um, when we were watching him get carted off, we were just waiting to see some movement. Um, yeah, he you could see before they put him on the stretcher he was talking, but he looked terrified. Yeah, um, which was really concerning. But yeah, thankfully he he's on the mend. Um, but someone who's not on the mend straight away is Warrior Josh Curran. He has got a medial ligament injury and looks, there's no confirmed time, but at the moment they're saying roughly around four weeks and a massive blow um, for the Warriors. I think we, we obviously talk about it a lot more later on, but I think when he left the field, um, the Warriors lost a huge amount of um, impact. And um, it's really disappointing for him because I think he's been having a fantastic year so far. Yeah, he's been one of our best and most consistent all year. So uh, you feel for Josh because he's been in a rich vein of form, uh, whether we've been winning or losing. Um, but it, it, the Warriors roster is certainly the poorer for it without him there. Um, when, when's Tohu Harris back, Brad? Have you had any whispers about that? Um, they're still judging round 10, so still like two, three weeks away. So um, he, he'll he either be back just before Curran returns or around the same time. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, because, yeah, Josh has got, you know, he, you can tell he's sort of been the glue that's been holding us together in the in the forwards there. And you're right, when, once he went off, it, we went into a pretty steady decline after he went off. So um, having Torhu back would be nice, but we still sit and wait. Yeah, exactly. And um, the last two we'll just quickly cover. Jack Bird from um, the Dragons, he broke his arm. Got no length of um, time for when he'll return, um, but it, it won't be this week. And Dane Lowry, um, or Laurie, he also suffered a medial ligament injury, and they're saying four to six weeks, which is a big impact on the Tigers. Um, I, know, I know everyone, myself included, are raving about Hastings at the moment, but... Um, Dane's kind of been the the foundation at that club since last year and has kind of been really integral to helping spark their attack. So as great as Hastings has been, he kind of needs someone to, to play off. So um might see the Tigers um, lose a bit of sting without him for the next six weeks. Yeah, possibly. And Jack Bird for the Dragons too. I mean, um, he's been he's been doing a lot of good there as well in, in the past couple of weeks, so... Um, that, that one's a shame, but yeah, I thought the Tigers actually did okay to cover Dane Laurie once he went off, but yeah, having him gone for a, at least a month is no good. Yeah, and um, so that's Injury Ward. We'll get into my favourite part, which is Naughty Boy Corner. We've actually got some. Normally, it's only been a couple. We've got one, two, three, four. I got five um, for Naughty Boy Corner this week. Um, four of them, um, all for the exact same thing. 
So um, all of them have been banned for a match for head high tackle. Um, they are Daniel Tupo from the Roosters, um, Aaron Penny from the Warriors, Tane Moon from the Rabbitohs, and um, Hamole Olakoatu. Um, balls that name. I balls that name. That's for you to normally say, Richie. Um, from from Manly. Um, so they've all got a week for a head high. Um, Tupo, I, like we said earlier, um, players have got a lot more for a lot less. But I guess maybe he's got a cleaner record. But as as of the start of the season, they apparently wiped the board clean. So it doesn't make sense to me. Um, Penny, I think, was a bit hard done by. If Egan hadn't come in early. On that tackle, I don't think it would have been high. Um, but it is what it is. And the other two, I don't think were too much. Tupos was the only one I would sit there and say, yeah, mm. definitely. Um, but they've all copped the the one-match ban and we'll move on. Um, I, and then, uh, yeah, I, actually, I agree with all of those, Brad. Um, of course the only you thing do. I don't The only thing I don't agree with is Tupo. I think he should have got more. Um, yeah. But I love that Thug Life Brad's back saying Aaron Penny. Um, wasn't Come much on. in that. That was it a shoulder was, to the eye, mate. Come on. It, well, it was going for the chest, and then Egan hit early, and in the split second, that chest became a hit. You know. I love that you're back, though. You're back. It's, it's. I, I will argue we, that one all day. What we tune in for. Um, yeah. So I think Penny was hard done by, even though you're being a, uh, a scapegoat here and just trying to to back the NRL. Um, so yeah, good on you. There's a life jacket for you. Um, thank you. Last one is um, Jeremiah Nanai. Um, he has got a thousand dollar fine with no suspension for a dangerous throw charge. Um, I yeah, I didn't see much in it. Um, <laughs> <He's back. laughs> he he went. He, he did technically go. Um, yeah, above the vertical, as they say. Yeah, so, I saw a leftover um, through the through the horizontal, mate. So, so I'm happy with the fine. Uh, yeah. I'm glad that he's not getting suspended. I say I should say as there's not much in it. I don't think yeah. it was some uh, suspension worthy. So good no. to see uh, cooler heads have prevailed there. But yeah, we may as well get into the the round seven review, Richie. Um, as much as I don't want to, but um, I'll I'll hand you the floor. Yeah, let's get into the realm. Maybe we'll just scratch one game out of the review. But um, we'll start with the Thursday game, which would have had Brad absolutely salivating. Um, Sharks beating the Sea Eagles 32-22 to uh, with six tries to four and a first-half domination by the Sharks. They led 32-0 at halftime um, with, with Talakai absolutely dominating that left-hand edge of the Sharks. So... Um, there were six tries to four, Talakai grabbing two of those, Mulatalo grabbing two, benefiting off some of Talakai's good work. William Kennedy snapped up a grubber from Talakai with a common theme here. I think he had a good, pretty good, pretty good game. And Teg Wilton as well with the six tries for the Sharks. Uh, Manly did manage to come back a wee bit in the second half with four tries of their own. Uh, one to Christian Tupolotu, one to Taniela Paseca, one to Lachlan Croker and one to Hamule Olakuatu. So, um, Brad, what do you think of that first half? Credit on the name. Jeez, you're making me look bad. Um, yeah, sorry, sorry if everyone heard my drink. I was a bit thirsty. <laughs> Apologies to everyone listening. Um, yeah, Sharks came out of the gate hard and fast. Um, they were 32-0 up at halftime. 
Um, doing the, the half glass empty, should they be concerned that they didn't score any points in the second half? Um, I, yeah, it might have been concerning if they were playing against uh, a Manly at full strength, possibly. Manly, I give them credit for coming back like they did, but yeah, Talakai was a monster in this match. Mm. Uh, a lot of his impact was in the first half, um, but he's been a winner out on that edge. This game later on, we'll talk about where someone tried to copy it and it didn't work. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the Sharks still look the goods to me, and um, I'm worried about when we face them in round nine. Um, it's two weeks away, and I'm concerned. Um, but yeah, I full credit to the Sharks. I think they're really building. You know, a lot of us... Um, didn't really give them a lot of potential to do anything this year. Kind of thought it would be a, a year building with a new coach and a new lineup. But they, um, yeah, they've just really hit the ground running. I'm just looking at our top eight predictions. You, had, uh, We both had them in our eight, but not anywhere near where they actually are right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nicholas is here evening. He said, Nico Hines makes rugby league look absolutely effortless. Yeah, I've been really impressed with Nico Hines. Um I've always thought he was a good talent, but I didn't really think he'd hit the ground running going from filling in where he needed to at the storm to being a half and leading a side. He's really taken to it like a duck to water. So um, full credit has to go to him there. And um, Manly, um, their forwards just didn't really put in any effort. Um, I looked at the stats. Um, They had around 400 metres combined for their entire forward pack, which is not good enough. Mm. Um, And that just flows on it lets um the halves down i think dce and foreign um did what they could in that second half to get the side back into the contest but it was just too little too late um manly i don't really know what else you can really say they have talent they just can't afford to um start slow yeah i thought that might have hurt you a bit brad i know that's your love child team your second team but i i actually felt a little bit sorry for morgan harper uh didn't oh. he just finish um, COVID? Yeah. Didn't he? Yeah, and he's come back and had to face that monster. I felt sorry for him. That there was a terrible half, and he was a bit he of got scapegoat. Pulled. He got, he got pulled, pulled. Yeah. Um, he was a bit of a scapegoat for for you know what happened in the first half there, but I think he was left high and dry a bit by his insides as well. He didn't have a lot of help, you know. Quite often he was left one on one, and that's not the kind of guy you want to be <laughs> facing up one on one with you know and but yeah just one of those ones i mean surprisingly enough that's not the worst half of football we've seen from the <laughs> team this weekend so no um i was going to say as well that um my analogy i was going to use it doesn't work anymore but my analogy was you've got a, a guy that can run like david Fafita out in the centers and that's just unstoppable but fast forward a, a couple of nights and that's completely different um but yeah it's just he's such a dangerous player in that center um i want this week will be interesting when he's up against katoni stags um when you've got a guy that can give as good as he gets yeah and we'll we'll really see how good telekai is at the moment it's kind of like you know your your young man plays in the young grades you go and watch and there's some you know giant boy playing with all the other kids his own age um just you know making fun of everyone playing because they're just that much bigger and stronger. And that's kind of how it feels watching Talakai right now, except yeah. he's playing against other professional men. Um, but yeah, he just makes it look easy. 
right now but um yeah we might see a, a different um a different situation this week you might you might we better move on yeah. from this game brad because yeah. paul's on yeah. to us yeah paul knows they <laughs> we're trying to avoid the warriors so yeah next round oh next game next game friday night broncos defeating the bulldogs 34 to 14 six tries to three for the broncos Corey oates Corey pakes adam reynolds selwyn cobbo with a double and reese kennedy and three tries for the Bulldogs, a double to the Fox, Josh Adokar, and a try to Matt Dufty just after halftime. The Bulldogs actually led this one 10-6 at halftime and weren't looking too bad, but the Broncos, the Broncos, Brad, they had a pretty handy second half and had a 20-minute period where they put in five tries. Uh, you enjoy this one? Yeah, um, I think the Broncos look pretty good. They took advantage of plenty of Bulldogs errors, um, which is what you need to be doing. If a team makes an error, you want to take advantage of it. Um, I think Adam Reynolds is showing a lot more improvement out there. Um, there were still some fifth tackle options um, that left plenty to be desired for the Broncos. Um, but I think one thing I wanted to point out was it was great to see um, Tamara Martin back. Yeah. Um, I thought he was doing a great job at fullback it's not really his desired position but um he he was getting involved real early when the bulldogs were threatening um he did a few try saving efforts holding people over the try line um and just yeah if you told me you know six months ago that tamara martin would not only be back in the nrl but having a pretty decent stab at it um i would have told you you'd be funny you know mm wasn't that long ago he had to retire because of a brain bleed and now he's back out there and looking like he hasn't lost a step um Payne Haas I thought did really well um he got hurt early on but he didn't want to quit and went back out there and played well um so full credit has to go to him um showing a lot of heart there for the Bulldogs though um they just made too many mistakes and they still look unsettled as a team their spine isn't really clicking like I thought it would um but I think they'll be dangerous once things start clicking and working. Um, but it's going to be a long season for the for the Bulldogs. You know they're not they're not top eight ready yet. Um, but I think you know next year um, they'll they'll be a lot harder to face. Yeah, I, I actually give the Bulldogs a bit a Bulldogs a bit of a pass in this one. I, I know their preparation during the week was terrible with COVID, yeah. and they had a couple of debutants. One in particular, Jacob Carez, I thought I was pretty impressed with him on debut. He racked up 133 metres and seven tackle breaks, so I thought he looked pretty handy. Um, and Haas, like you said, Haas was even minus about 15 minutes playtime while he was off injured, still racked up 239 metres and off, off 22 yeah. hit-ups. So, but that's typical of him. So anytime the Broncos are travelling well, He's normally at the heart of their forward effort. So, yeah, um, pretty good effort by the Broncos in that one. Moving on, I think that was the only Friday night game this weekend because of, of Anzac Weekend. We had some Monday games. So the Saturday game, Cowboys and the Queensland Derby getting up over the Titans 30-4. to four, uh, Pretty dominant fashion. Five tries to one. Tommy Dearden grabbing a try. Murray Talangi, Scott Drinkwater with a beautiful try. Jeremiah Nanai carry on with his carrying on with his try scoring ways, and Helium Luki grabbed the the fifth one for the Cowboys. Just one try for the Titans to Jermaine Asako. Uh, 
Yeah, for Queensland Derby, this was pretty dominant, Brad, and this was the match you were referring to, saying the Titans were trying to copy the Sharks' formula, throwing a monster out in the centres. Didn't pay yeah. off for them, but I thought the Cowboys were impressive. What did you think? Yeah, it was a dominant display from the Cowboys, and um, we got this one wrong. We we picked um, the Titans here, and yeah. um, Simon picked the Cowboys. I completely forgot. I was watching the game and watching the Cowboys, and I was laughing, going... Uh, well, Simon's an idiot for picking the Titans here. Me and Richie got this right. And then I went back and looked at my piece of paper with my tips and went, oh, no, I'm the idiot. Um, can I drink water? He continues to fire. Um, Dearden and Townsend were meshing well, and Nanai is a constant threat in the forwards. He's been a good find for them. Um, it's good to see a struggling side improving, which is kind of the situation the Cowboys are in. Um, Titans never looked in the running. Uh, moving David Fafida um, to the centres was a massive fail. Um, he was found out defensively multiple times. Um, he was trying to his credit. I'll give him that. He was trying his best out there, um, but he's just not a centre. Um, you can't you can't just pick your biggest, strongest forward runner and go, you're going to be a centre now because Talakai does it. Um, Talakai, at least, it was reserved, like lower grades, but he was playing as a centre in lower grades and played for the junior Kiwis as a centre. So um, it's, yeah, it's a different kettle of fish. You can't just throw, it's not like we could throw Adam Fenor Blake and go, you're a centre now, buddy, um, for the Warriors. It's not going to work. Um, but their defensive structure was in tatters. I've been talking about it all year, that um, their mentality of outscoring opponents isn't going to work. And we saw that here um, by the time they were looking to, like, let's get back into the game. The game was over. Um, I think Titans fans should be worried. Um, I don't think they're the top eight team that everyone was claiming. Um, they were. Neither of us actually picked them in our top eight this year, at least. So uh, we're right about something so far. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's scary times for the Titans, um, but which will make me sound like a bit of a hypocrite in a couple of games' time. <laughs> yeah, I think next time I'm tempted to tip the Titans, I'm going to think long and hard. Um... The Cowboys I'm impressed with, though, Brad. Um, not only Jeremiah Nanai out on the right-hand edge, you've got Helium Lukey, the other second rower, out on the other edge. Uh, he scored a beautiful try, looks fast, and put some footwork on the fullback. Um, they look like they're getting their balance right. And going from last year, having the worst defensive record in the competition last year, they're one of only five teams this year that have conceded less than 100 points. So yeah. big turnaround in that department. Um do you think they're the real deal this year? Did we did we underestimate them? No. 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 It's a long time. They've got some big teams to face, um, and that, that will change that points differential. Nice. I like your decisive answer there. Yeah. Let's move on to the second Saturday game. The Tigers repeating last week's formula, beating another big team, uh, getting up over the Rabbitohs 23-22. to was four tries apiece for the Tigers. David Norfoluma grabbed a double, double. Ken Mamalo grabbed one, and Luke Brooks grabbed grabbed a try. Four tries for the Rabbitohs as well. Cody Walker, Alex Johnston, Josh Mansour, and Keon Kolomatangi. And Luke Brooks slotting the decisive field goal with just under a minute left on the clock. Another super entertaining game. Um, yeah. Two weeks in a row for the Tigers, Brad. Um, we didn't see this one coming either. What do you make no. of the match? 
I thought it was a great game again. Um, Tigers are really, you know, it's, I feel like the Tigers have been so bad for so long that seeing them start to get a bit of success, everyone's kind of behind them. Uh, you you don't you want to see them come back. Um, even though I it was I knew it was going to be a pick I'd get wrong. Um, I was just happy to see it. And yeah, it was another close one. Um, with it was actually quite clever. They um, with Luke Brooks going for it. Everyone was looking at Hastings, and. Um, that was the key there. Everyone rushed for Hastings. Hastings was just pointing at Luke Brooks and Luke Brooks nailed it. I um, think it's great for Luke Brooks. He's really um, been developing the past two weeks um, with Hastings. Hastings is really bringing the best out in him. Um, and Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. With them playing like they are, it just makes the whole Tigers look better. Um, the Tigers played near perfect football, which is something I'd never thought I'd say about them. Um, they made only three errors in this match, and um, I think they've still got a few more wins on the cards for them. Um, I've heard some people losing their minds saying they're a top eight team now. I don't. I'm not going that far. Um, you know, we'll see how it goes. We'll see a true reflection this week how they can go in their third match. Um, but the Rabbitohs just continue the trend. I keep saying. Um, that they just make too many errors and they were made to pay for them. If you want to take a positive spin on it, um, they played nowhere near their best um, and they just lost. Um, But these are the games they need to ice. Um, I'm sure the Rabbitohs are going to bounce back um, and they're another week closer to getting Latrell Mitchell back as well. Yeah, I just feel good for the Tigers. It's great seeing a smile back on Madge's face. Um, I like Madge, and I, I you know, the, after the start they had the first few weeks, it's, it was sad to see. It looked like he'd he'd aged, um, and yeah, Hastings has transformed them, hasn't he, Brad? Um, yeah, he just allows Brooks to do more of a just a run and gun role out there, and I think that suits him. And I, I felt really good for Luke Brooks nabbing that field goal as well. He's been one that's copped a lot of flack over the past couple of years. So, yeah. Um, Nice result for the Tigers there. Uh, moving on to Easter Sunday, we had my wooden spoon tip. The Knights getting absolutely flogged by the Eels, 39-2. to um, The Knights had a penalty goal early on, which was their only point scoring. And then from there on out, it was all the Eels. Six tries to zero. Sean Lane grabbing a try. Hayes Perham get, getting a try. Dylan Brown... And Isaiah Papeli getting a double 
and Will Penasini getting one as well. And Mitch Moses slotted a field goal in a pretty effortless training drill kind of manner right at the end just to rub further salt into the wound. Um, Knights were pretty poor, Brad. Their goal line defense was soft, to say the least, and they just looked like they didn't have any idea on attack. Yeah. Um, what did you make of it? Yeah, well, we said last week that the Eels would make a statement after um, losing to the Tigers, and they did that here. Um, they never let the Knights fire a shot. Uh, Eels dominated in the forwards. Um, Isaiah Papali'i um, stood out yet again, getting that double, and he was just involved in everything. Um, everything was just clicking for the Eels, um, and when they're humming, they're, they're hard to stop. They just need to keep it up. Um, you can't just rely on these once in a blue moon. Um, but, yeah, horrible effort from the Knights in front of their home crowd. They lacked impact up front, um, and without that, the halves and backs never had a shot. they got a lot of work to do this week because they have to face the Storm, who just snuck home against the Warriors. So, um, <laughs> they got it. yeah, they got a lot of work to do because the Storm will be out to prove something, I'm sure. Yeah, you made a good point about the Eels dominating the Knights forwards. I saw a stat there um, that I think the Knights' biggest meter eater in the forwards was Jacob Saifidi, who had 88 meters, and seven of the Eels' forwards. So the whole forward pack and a bench forward all got more than their best their best meter yeah. eater. So, um, yeah, I think there was only one Eels' forward that didn't get 100 meters or something. Yeah, so... It just shows sort of domination. I know Knights fans are, will be pretty unhappy with that effort on Anzac weekend, in particular yeah. at home. So I don't mind too much being a, they're my wooden spoon tip, but let's <laughs> move on to the next Sunday game. The Panthers rolling the Raiders 36-6. to six. Sorry about that, Simon. Um, six tries to one. Stephen Crichton grabbing a hat-trick. Isaiah Yo continuing on his amazing form, grabbing one. Taylor May grabbing yet another one. He's in uh, Rich Vane in try-scoring form. And Viliami Kikau rounded off the try-scorers for the Panthers. To only one try to the Raiders from Joseph Tarpany. I thought the Raiders defended pretty, dis- despite the scoreline, Brad, they they defended pretty well in patches, but just weight of possession felt like the Panthers had a lot of ball and a lot of set restarts and... The Panthers blew it out a bit in the end. What did you make of the match, though? Yeah, I think this is the baby version of the last game we're going to talk about, um, where both teams were quite competitive with each other in the first half, and then the second yeah. half, um, it fell away. It just fell away to a more extreme level in another game. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, it's the tradition we're kind of seeing with the the Raiders right now, where they're, they'll give you everything they got in the first 40, and then you've just got to play normal football in the second 40 and they're going to fall away from you um if they can get rid of that back 40 decline um and play for the whole 80 i think um they still have a good side that can trouble teams um but they i think they do need to lean on their senior players a bit more and get a bit more out of them the um papalii's and the whitens and so but um but yeah it's um yeah, Panthers, what can you really say? They're just too strong and truly in a league of their own. Um, they just clearly took away, um, took the game over with pinpoint and kicking, and it looked like an open training session at the end, as brutal as that is to say. 
Yeah, 100%. They they don't look like they're slowing down anytime soon, do they, Brad? Um, no. You're getting a bit of love in the comments too. I, I like it. I see, uh, that. I, I see that. I agree, Caden. I could listen to Brad all day long myself. Um, yeah, stop it. <laughs> um, Anzac Day. Let's move on to Anzac Day. So Yeah, yeah. Get back on track, we'll do, we'll do the first one, um, which was – you know, I enjoyed the first one more than the second one, obviously. But the Dragons getting up over the Roosters. Brad's wooden spoon tip defeating my tip for winning the whole comp. So make of that what you will. But it was two tries apiece for the Dragons. Tries to Francis Molo and Jaden Sua. And two tries for the Roosters, Satili Tupanua and Joey, Joey Manu getting a try. Um just a Zach Lomax penalty goal, the difference in the scoreline. Um, this one was a bit of a turn-up, Brad. Uh, I think we both had the Roosters. Obviously, you had the Roosters because there's no way in, in the world you'd tip the Dragons. But what would you make of the match? You're, you're cheating because you know what I've picked for the Dragons game this week. So you're trying to <laughs> set me up the foul here. Um, it was the first Anzac Day clash, and I thought it was pretty entertaining to watch um it doesn't matter how far apart these guy two teams are on the ladder when it comes to this occasion they're always up for it um which mm. is what we saw here um dragons look good i was sitting on the edge of my seat begging the roosters to run away with this but it just didn't happen um ben hunt was playing well um he was putting the roosters under pressure with his kicking game he had one or two poor kicks in him um but overall he impressed me with how he's been going um, the Dragons also had a lot of injuries, um, which allowed the Roosters to sneak back into the contest. But the Dragons held firm. I don't like praising them, really, but um, it was a good performance. And I think a lot of their players can hold their heads up high. Um, Roosters, the, the Roosters forwards lost the middle, um, and it was all downhill from there. Um, they made too many errors. They had plenty of chances to get back in um, to the match. Um, especially with the Dragons' injury count, but they just blew it with 50-50 plays. Um, starting slow against any side is um, a bad move, and it showed here. Um, I feel sorry for the Bulldogs this week because um, after a close win against the Warriors and a loss to the Dragons, the Roosters will be out for blood. Yeah, I see Paul forgot to put Brad's face back on the screen. I thought he was just trying to deny some of the viewers that yeah, I see, face. I see. I see how it is now. Yeah, you don't have to just do it all on me. But um, yeah, your thoughts on it, Richie? Uh yeah, same as you, mate. I thought the Dragons were pretty impressive. Fourteen 0 at halftime. Uh, Roosters came into it back a wee bit, but um, yeah, I thought it was solid for the Dragons. Um, I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I definitely don't think they're the wooden spoon destined team that. that has your opinion changed? Um, I still want to. My I, I I picked them due to hatred. I if I was putting a more clear thought on whom I thought my wooden spoon would be, it would have been the Cowboys or the Tigers. Um, so even then, I'm a bit off. But I I'm not giving the Dragons any credit on being a top eight team by any means. Mm. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I don't see them being a wooden spoon. Fair enough, unfortunately. This game for me just underlined what I was feeling last week that I thought the Roosters were a very beatable team for us. And it's yeah. just disappointing that it didn't transpire last week. Um, you know, I, I obviously took the Roosters to do quite well this year, but I don't think they're quite in, in fifth gear yet. And I think they're still they're still there for the taking for a few teams if, if they don't quite start clicking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good on the Dragons for picking that one up. 
must be nice to win a game on Anzac Day. I wouldn't know because we're moving into... <laughs> well, see, Mark wants you to skip, but we can't do it, Mark. I'm sorry. Um, oh, I'm sorry, folks. We're going to have to uh, uh, censor this next section of the show because it's just too painful um, for those people in New Zealand. And uh, yeah, it's just not fair. So I'll just be back with this now. <laughs> Come on. That's not fair. My vote was uh, to skip this one, Mark. All right. We, we, we're professionals here. We, we've got to talk about it. Um, yeah. We're going to spend the next hour of you listing all the tries, though. So I was just going to say, started. <laughs> 13 tries to two. You heard that correctly in case you didn't catch the game. 13 tries to two. Um, yeah, bear with me while I go through them all. Jerome Hughes, Xavier Coates, Nick Meany, Ryan Pappenhausen times two. Nick Meany, Harry Grant, Xavier Coates times four. Another one for Jerome Hughes, one for Jesse Bromwich, and one for Justin Ollum. Wow. Uh, Xavier Coates will be sending Ed Costey a Christmas card, I think. Um, two tries to the Warriors, Dallin Wittenes, Lesniak, and Wade Egan. Only 16-10 at halftime. Brad, how did it end up at 70? Man. Um, unlike the last game, um, the Warriors consistently refused to show up on Anzac Day. Um, but they had me fooled here. Um, it was a decent first half, I thought, and they looked competitive. And then they just didn't leave the sheds at halftime. Um, we were talking before the show, I was trying to show off some stats. Um, it was the most points conceded in a half since 1935. Um, you've got stats that I'll let you bring up as well. But um, the first half, um, I thought, was better to watch. The Warriors scored some nice tries, and they, they let the Storm get some um, easy tries. And so I really thought we were in the running here. Um, but then in the second half, it was all one-way traffic. Um, the Warriors had six sets in that second half and they only completed two of them. Um, I just I just don't know. Um, and yeah, the Storm just never looked back. It's a hard performance to gauge because I don't think they'll run up scores like that against anyone else every week. I think it was just... No lightning in a bottle, um, but they are a dangerous outfit and they may rip the Knights apart this week. Xavier Coates, he scored a hat-trick in six minutes and they're basically going to point a minute. I, um, I think we saw the uh, um, from Callum, he said like it should have been more. Yeah, the, um, the Storm missed six conversions. So it could have been a lot more. Um, hard to pick players that stood up for the Warriors, obviously. I think Lodge and Fanua Blake did the best they could. Um, losing Curran made a massive difference, I thought, and um, they're going to continue to struggle without him. Ed Cossey had a night to forget. Um, I, real, I really feel for him, but he, yeah. had, a, a, he had a shocker. Um, yeah, I'm not... But, yeah, unlike what I was just saying earlier on about another team, I'm not ruling the Warriors out this season. Um this is the worst match I've ever seen them in. Um, it's definitely the worst match I've had to write about, that's for sure. Um, but they've always been shocking on Anzac Day. We were talking before the show. They'll be playing really well. They'll get 40 put on them in the Anzac test. And then the next week, they'll go back to the form before it. It seems to be an outlier. At least I'm hopeful that it's an outlier. Um, so I'm hoping and expecting a big bounce back against the Raiders this week. But there needs to be a lot of soul-searching Um in that, that team, especially with all the claims about players giving up. Yeah, and I, that was the worst part for me, Brad, is that the feeling like, yeah, 
of, of waving the white flag almost, you know, and throwing in the towel. That, uh, in this day and age, you shouldn't get 70 put past you. I know it's a storm, but I feel like a lot of those 13 tries they scored, they didn't even earn. I felt like yeah, we gave them to them on a silver platter. Um, yeah, it was embarrassing. It was extremely embarrassing. And yeah, like I was saying to you before we went on air, um, you get all these people you haven't spoken to in a couple of years seeking you out on Facebook and texting you. It's not a nice feeling. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Nathan Brown, second time he's conceded 70 points against the Storm. Now, one as a coach, one as a player. A uh, little interesting outtake for you. Um, yeah, maybe he's the problem. <laughs> but on a serious yeah. note, yeah, it hurt a lot. It's just... Oh, is, is, is Nathan Brown going to be the first um, sacked coach this year? Nah. Oh, I don't think so. I just, I think this is... Hopefully we get a good bounce back game against the Raiders this weekend and then we can just start moving on from this because um, we hadn't shown any signs of being blown away like this um, prior to this. And I think it now it's almost at the stage where I think it's a mental thing against Melbourne Storm, particularly yeah. on Anzac Day. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting, that game against the Raiders, because they're two teams that like to do okay in the first half and fall away in the second. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting <laughs> to see what happens there. Um, but yeah, that was the round. So um, we may as well look at the ladder and our tips, Paul. Well, beforehand, uh, what do you think about Fiona's point? Um, I used to hate watching them play during the day. They used to play so bad, but now they seem to play better during the day. Is it Was it because it was too dark and they couldn't see what they were doing? No, I think they were just bad. Yeah. Um, could It could have been bright daylight or it could have been the middle of the night. I think I think they were just bad. Um, for a selfish reason, I'd prefer it to be earlier because I have to do my writing and it's really horrible doing it that late at night. But yeah, here's the letter. And don't forget, folks, uh, scrolling across the bottom is the uh, link to um, Brad's uh, uh, page. So go and check out his uh, review. Perhaps not this week, but normally his reviews <laughs> of the uh, <laughs> No one wanted to look at it this week, unfortunately. Um, not that I blame them. Um, there's been a little bit of shift in the in the ladder this week. Um, unfortunate for us, but fortunate for some others. Uh, Panthers are still at the top of the ladder. Storm um, right behind them at second. Closing out the top four, we've got the Eels and the Sharks. Um, rounding out the uh, the bottom four of the top eight, we've got the Cowboys at fifth. Uh, Roosters sixth, Manly seventh, and Rabbitohs are eighth. Um, then we've got the Broncos at ninth, the Dragons 10th, the Warriors have dropped to 11th after that loss. Uh, Titans 12th, Tigers 13th, uh, Knights are 14th, and then bottom of the barrel, we have the Raiders and the Bulldogs. And yeah, Rob, Rob's there. We'll, we'll touch on that in our uh, predictions. Um, undefeated at Redcliffe, the Warriors are. Um so, yeah, and then that's the ladder. Not too surprising there, Richie. You got any takes on it before we move to our, our tipping comp? No, not really, mate. That's pretty much it true is. to form, I think. Um, you know, it's, yeah, the top two, the top four in particular have been really been the standouts. So, um, and the Cowboys, like, like I was saying, I'm pretty impressed with them. So I think that's, they've pretty clearly been four or five of the top teams so far. So yeah. interesting to see going forward. 
Yeah. So if you want to bring up our, our tips there, Paul. Um, so uh, Richie and myself both got five out of eight this week. Simon took the lead with the picks in the week, getting six out of eight, getting that uh, Titans-Cowboys game right. Um, he's closed the gap, but the situation is still the same with me being the champion um, with 37 out of 56. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Slow down, Cowboy. It's, it's not champion till the end of the season. You're leading. Champion. You're not champion yet. I'm not champion. champion yet. I'm champion. Um, defending champion too. Um, Richie has got 36 out of 56, so only one point behind me. And then Simon is only one point behind Richie with 35 out of 56. So still real tight. And um, looking is. at, I've, I've put down Simon's picks and looking at his picks here, um, if a few things go his way, he could shoot past at least me, I don't know your picks, Richie. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens when we go into that. But we may as well get into questions now. Is there any questions that you've compiled for us, Paul? Paul? We've lost Paul him. there. We've lost Paul. Sorry, I was talking away to myself. There he is. Um, just to oh, point out that, yeah, that uh, the game was lost because Rudy didn't turn up to the game. Um, yeah. So uh, it's quite, quite clear. Uh, so my question to you boys is to to kick us off. Uh, there's been uh, a lot of increased talk of Callum Clark. Uh, oh, sorry, Caleb Clark. Who's, who the hell's Callum Clark? Caleb Clark of the Blues, um, son of a Rennie Clark. Uh, moving over to NRL. Do you think that would be a good move for him? Do you think he'd do well? I'll let you go first, Richie. You want me to go, Brad? Yeah. I actually think he would do well. Um, when you look at his style of play in rugby union, obviously he plays on the wing, so... He's got speed, but he's also a big body and loves the contact. He's quite a confrontational player for a winger. So I think his style of play and running style really suits uh, rugby league, whether he play out on the wing again or I think he'd make a good wing or centre. Um, but I think, yeah, I think he'd go well if he wanted to do it, I think, and, and manage to pick up an NRL contract. I think that's something he could be do quite well at. Yeah, I think he'll do well if he does. Obviously, being a rugby union player, he'll need to take a few concrete pills and harden up so he can play NRL first. <laughs> um, I think he he's, Simon said he's trying to leverage for more money. I think it's part of that, and I think it's part of he knows that um, Roger's going to take his all-black spot. So um, he's just trying to find something to do. Um, I kind of, I, I was interested until I read the interview and he said that he's a Rabbitohs fan and would love to yeah. go play for them. And then I was like, I'm not interested, mate. You can stay with your stupid Blues team. Um, <laughs> if he, I, we could do with him right now. We need we need a nice big winger. Um, so I'd I'd like to have him as a Warriors fan. But yeah, I think I think he um, he would do well if he gave it a shot. It's just yeah, I'm still nervous on if it's just trying to get more money out of rugby union and using mm. the NRL um, as a scapegoat in it. Um, I think you'd, I'd say I think he's got the attributes to do well if he fancies yeah. doing it. Yeah. Uh, Fiona Tate says, uh, "What are your thoughts on Cameron George coming out and saying hands off Reese Walsh as he's contracted to the Warriors?" Do you want me to take this one first, Richie? I don't mind, mate. Yeah, you go on. I, yeah, on um, I'm all for it. Um, I think what he was trying to get to is um, Paul Kent and the like on some of the shows were saying that. Reese Walsh needs to break his contract and go to the Dolphins. And I think he was saying, 
you you shouldn't um on a tv show that's kind of owned by the nrl you shouldn't be promoting breaking contracts it's not a good look and i know a lot of people were saying it's um hypocrisy because the warriors broke reese walsh out of a contract to get him but they technically didn't because he wasn't a top 30 player he was a developmental player which has a different level of how you can communicate and take a player um so it's a bit different there he's actually a top 30 contracted player um and breaking it is a breach of it and he just said it's not a good look um to be promoting breaking contracts it's in any in any sporting endeavor if you are doing that we all know contracts mean very little nowadays anyway but um i don't yeah i i agree i don't want to see people like stealing a player off us anyway um it's the same as everyone wants us to sign jesse arthurs but the warriors have come out and said i think mark if mark's even still watching mark's commented a million times trying to explain it to people on facebook that jesse arthurs we can't legally talk to about signing with the warriors because he's still contract to the broncos and i think they can talk to him in november but right now even though he's training with them they are not doing i'm sure there's players doing the nudge nudge wink wink um but on an official capacity they aren't doing it so i think it would be hypocrisy from cameron george if they're like telling arthurs don't go home mate stay with us um we'll break that contract but he's they're not doing that um as far as i'm aware so yeah um i think good good on him standing up and saying no you can't do this and not letting the warriors be walked over um, fast forward in three months when we announced that he's broken his contract and left. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, yeah, I stole that, Richie, but you got any input? No, you said it all, mate. Uh, I agree with you. I I, I liked what, what Cam George came out and said, and I like that uh, we are, you know, have come out and said that we won't be pursuing Arthur's um, for the similar reasons, you know. We're not we're not able to. Um, he's still a Broncos player. Uh, yeah, I like the moral high ground we're able to take as a club. Yeah, I see Simon's corrected me. I didn't mean that um, Fox was owned by the NRL. I just mean it's the relationship they have. They're like super entwined and like that's the go-to for all NRL stuff. So if yeah. you're publicizing breaking contracts on the main media platform for the NRL, it's not a good look for the NRL. Um, but yeah. Paul Kent says whatever he wants. It's kind of like what I get to do here. <laughs> um, Simon Hughes asked and watched uh, the free-to-air coverage on TV3 for the Anzac Day game. Um, I think people have been turning off pretty quickly uh, in that second half. Um, yeah. Let's yeah, be honest. I watch Sky, so I don't know what the lead-up was. Um, I pay too much money to Sky to just go watch free-to-air. So. Uh, there was another question about will the Tigers win this weekend? The bonus point, will they win by... By a, uh, by a penalty kick. Uh, we'll cover that, obviously, in the preview section. Um, yep. Not so much a, chem- uh, a question, but Callum um, was talking about the Broncos having a very boring style of play, uh, which is uh, one-out runs, three tackles, spread it wide in the fifth, and then kick. Uh, do you agree that this is a very boring and conservative side game plan that's, uh, that's too predictable? Um, it's it's boring, but if, it, if you're getting the result, I don't think you care. I think we saw that a lot with Melbourne. Melbourne with the um, back in the old wrestle days they had you know they had players that could do something exciting once in a blue moon but they were very happy to just do one out football wrestle the game out of out of your hands and win by any means necessary so I think 
in hindsight, as long as you're winning, I don't think you care how you get the win. In terms of a fan watching, I can see how it'd get annoying, but I sitting here as a Warriors fan, I would much rather watch the Warriors play the most boring game against the Storm and win than yeah. what we saw. So <laughs> I, I can see both sides of the argument. You want to be you want to see exciting football, but I want to see wins as well. I my thoughts on that one are if you look over the last couple of years, the Broncos spine isn't sort of up there talent wise with some of the top teams and it hasn't been a settled spine. So maybe their backline talent uh, isn't what it once was. So with guys like Payne Haas, they kind of try and squeak the results out by dominating up the middle. So I can see from that point of view why they're doing yeah. it, but they actually scored a few nice tries on the weekend. So um, can't complain. Okay, that's. Uh, I think that's it from the uh, from the live chat, boys. All right. Um, so I may as well go with my question for you because it's a bit quicker. Um, yep. With the new Ford signings, um, the Warriors have made and the likely exit of Lodge. What is your twenty twenty three Warriors pack? All right. So I'm scratching Lodge. We're assuming yep. he's left the club. Um, I'll read it out. I've got it written down actually. So Adam Fnor Blake. Yep. Number eight. Wade Egan, number nine, hooker. Aaron Penny, number 10, the other prop. Mitch Barnett, new signing, number 11. Josh Curran, number 12, on the other edge. Tohu Harris, captain, and number 13 at lock. And the bench is Tavanga, Bantiafoa, Ben Murdoch, Masilla, and Katoa. So put Ben Murdoch, Masilla in there for another big body to come off as a prop. Or second yeah. rower, but um, yeah, there it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a tough one, Brad. I know I was discussing it with you, and it's kind of tough because we've also got other talents coming in, such as um, what's his name from the Sharks? His name's escaping me right now, Metcalf. Um, and I thought maybe he'd be a good number 14, but I don't really want Tavanga missing out. I'm, I'm a big fan of Tavanga, so. Um, so what do you do? Do you put Metcalf in the halves and then someone like Chanel Harris-Tavita has to miss out? Is Chanel Harris-Tavita still going to be here? Don't yeah. know. Um, but yeah, that would be what I would start with um, if I'm writing names down right now. It's subject to change, obviously. But yeah. We we had um, the same players, but in different areas. So I'll, I'll so quickly run do? mine out. Yeah, what did you I've, do? So my front row, I've got Adam Fanua Blake, Wade Egan, and Tohu Harris. Sure. Um, yeah. My second row, I've got Barnett and Katoa. Yeah. Uh, I've got Curran as my lock. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my bench, I've got Tavanga, Penny, Bunty, and the love of my life, Ben Murdoch, Mozilla. You see, that sounds um, good as well. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. Um, I feel like Tohu, with his age, he's going to slowly gravitate towards the front row, and if Lodge is going. He'd be a good starter there. It could be a thing when he just moves back into the second row when they want to do a reach. Or it could be the other way, like you've got Tohu could move into the front row when one of the front rowers go off. It, yeah. If I saw this team on the team list next week in your order or in mine, I wouldn't be concerned. I'd be yeah. reasonably happy. And yeah, there's a lot of things in the air with what happens in the halves, who stays, who goes, that could change things. But yeah. That was it there for that, really. Cool. Should go with mine to you? Yep. My question to you, Brad, was after watching about a quarter of the season now, does your preseason predicted top eight 
does it differ from what you predicted preseason, um, or is it playing out the way that you envisaged it would? Yeah, and um, as you see, I made a nice little picture of our predicted eight that Paul's brought up for us now. This is what we both predicted, you on the left, me on the right here. Um, so you had Panthers first, Roosters, Storm, Seagulls, Rabbits, Sharks, Raiders, and Warriors. That was your top eight. Now, the correct one and the one that I've got done um, was Manly number one, Panthers two, um, Rabbitohs three, Storm four, Roosters five, Eels six, Warriors seven, and Sharks eight. Um, now, yeah, I don't see Manly staying at the um, number one. I think Panthers have got that. I think I was a bit too cruel on the Storm. So I would be changing that to like Panthers Storm at the top. Um, Seagulls, I don't I don't think they're a top four team anymore. And the Sharks who I had as eighth, I would put as a top four. So my top four now would be Seagulls, uh, well not Seagulls, sorry, Panthers Storm, um, Sharks, and maybe the Roosters, mm. I think. Um, and then the bottom of that, I would still have the Rabbitohs involved, Seagulls would still be involved, Eels would still be involved. I'm still saying the Warriors will make it. Um, Warriors will be eighth. I like, um, it. I like it. Yeah, so I'd probably still have those same eight, potentially, hmm. um, just in a different order. So I'll stick to my guns. You see, I, I see straight away where I, I went wrong, and it's probably due the Raiders. To the- yeah, it's probably due to them not being relevant or winning anything since the 80s, but I, I completely forgot Parramatta Eels existed. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I think Raiders would go close to the spoon the way they're playing now. <laughs> They'll probably finish one or two above uh, Newcastle Knights where I picked I picked for the eight, uh, but wooden spoon. Yeah, and I know I gave no love to the Cowboys and they're fifth right now, but I still yeah. see – it's a long time. I still see them dropping. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I shave my last two off and put. Obviously, I'll put the eels up there, but yeah, maybe, eels, maybe cowboys. the cowboys. Yeah, I, I hate to say it, but I, yeah, I, I'm still hopeful for the Warriors as well. I think if we sneak in there, it'll be seven or eight. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I still sit there in the eight, Paul. So I'm not a trader. It's it's Richie that's a trader. So um, we may as well jump into round eight. And I, I, I don't. I don't have a solitary t- trader. Um, whatever. Um, Callum's asking us, uh, how did uh, this show get involved with using sport radio? Um, That's more over- your question, Paul. It, it is more my question. We've overrun tonight, but um, yeah, we'll try and uh, squeeze it in next week. Okay. So yeah, you watch next week, Callum, for the story of how the show became. Um, but yeah, so I've got Simon's picks and I've got my picks here. Um, so if you want to bring up the fixtures uh, image, Paul and um, Richard will give us his picks on the slide, and I'll write them on the book. So um, first game on Thursday night, we've got Broncos Sharks. Simon and myself have both picked the Sharks. Um, Broncos have showed promise, but, yeah, I think the Sharks are just too strong an outfit right now. I put Sharks, mate. Two hops for the Broncos, well. I think. All right. Uh, Friday night, we've got Titans Panthers. Uh, Simon and myself have both picked Panthers. Um, yeah. Titans looked horrible last week, and Panthers haven't looked horrible yet. So, yeah, I messaged you during the Titans Cowboys game, and I said I don't think I'm going to pick the Titans again this season. Yeah. So yeah, Panthers. Panthers here. Um, last game on Friday is Rabbitohs Seagulls. This one was tough for me, um, but I've gone with the Rabbitohs, and Simon's also gone with Rabbits. Yeah, I went Rabbits. Uh, 
I, I'm disappointed, Brad. You're cheating on your second team. I thought yeah. we might pick this one different, but yeah, I went rabbits. It, it was very close, but um, yeah. I, yeah, I went with rabbits. Uh, first game on Saturday, we've got the Warriors versus the Raiders. Match of the round. Um, I have gone with the Warriors, and um, Simon has yeah. gone with the Raiders. I'm not too surprised. We've both gone no. for the team that we support. Yeah, um, I'm not surprised. I, I think the Warriors will bounce back from that embarrassment. They'll want to make a statement. Um, they're playing home um, or at their makeshift home in Redcliffe. And um, as Rue said earlier, they're undefeated there. Um, mm. They're three three from three. So I've gone with home field advantage. Yeah, me too. Same reasons, I think. Warriors. If it had been in Canberra, I might have thought long and hard, but I'm going with my heart. I went with Warriors. Um, I, like, I like what's been done with the changes, whether they've been forced or through form um i yeah. like the team that's been named this week i think i think we'll bounce back yeah um and then next game is bulldogs roosters uh simon and myself have both gone with roosters sorry, sorry I've, just, I've just got to go um have a look at something now you guys i think the Raiders will win the first half and the warriors will come back uh, with a narrow lose what? No, we've just said that the Warriors don't come back in the second half. They fade in the second half, but there we go. Yeah, but so do the Raiders. It's going to be interesting. Raiders. Yeah. It's going to be it's which team be fades, the... fades least. It's going to be the worst second half of all time. Yeah. I really hope not. <laughs> now, really the, hope there, not. there's a prediction for you, boys. Get, get to the yeah. TAB and ask them and see if they'll take, take, your, take your money on the worst second half of all time. Worst second half. I think we just saw it, though. But um, Yeah. Yeah, so um, the next game I said today is Bulldogs Roosters. Yeah, Simon and myself have both picked Roosters. Um, think it's easy. You're nodding, so I assume that you'll pick Roosters as well. I agree. Yeah. All right. Uh, final game on Saturday's Eels Cowboys. Uh, Simon and myself have both picked Eels. I know the Cowboys have looked good, but um, yeah, I think the Eels will still be better. Mm, I went Eels, but I'm looking forward to that game. I think that's going to be a really good game. All right, so so far, even though we didn't share our picks, we're picking the same, Richie. <laughs> um, we'll probably differ here, I'm sure. Um, we have got the Knights first, the Storm. Um, myself and Simon have both gone with the Storm, but I know you love the Knights as your wooden spooners, <laughs> so I'm sure you're backing them out. Yeah. The, the Knights, to me, are what the Dragons are to you. So, <laughs> no, I went Storm. Storm I, as well? Yeah, Storm. Um. And then the last game, Dragons-Tigers. Now, this game was a lot harder for me to pick. Um, Simon has picked the Tigers. Um, I could, If I can show you my little notepad, I had Tigers and I twinked them out um, earlier today and I put the Dragons. Um, I don't want to pick the Dragons, but I think the Dragons will get them. I, Tigers are doing well, but without Dane Lowry at fullback, um, I've given the Dragons a slight edge. Who have you picked? I, I went dragons as well. Um, Man, we've picked exactly. The I same know, thing. and without even knowing. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah, I can see you doing U-turns though, Brad. You you're now hating the Eagles and you're liking the dragons. <laughs> you think I'm switching again? Yeah. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, be interesting. So, looking at it, we are all the same bar two games. So this could be Simon's. If Simon gets a perfect round, Simon takes the lead. I think if my mess is right, or he at least ties with me. Um, I write, I don't do numbers. So um, the only games we've got different is Warriors Raiders where he's back the Raiders and Dragons Tigers where he's back the Tigers. So um, we'll see. 
what happens there. Um, but yeah, we're running a bit late, so I won't go over Super League. Um, not too much has changed. St. Helens is still number one. They did lose in the weekend to Castleford, 30-10. to 10, And uh, Wigan won 30-24 over Salford, so they are in second place. Uh, so it's kind of still a, a two-horse race. Three if you want to include Catalans, but Catalans lost to Hull FC 14-8 as well. So um, hopefully we don't, hopefully we a bit quicker um, with our reviews next week and we can cover the Super League with a bit more detail. Um, but anything else you want to add? No, um, as always, thank you, Paul, for your hard work. Yeah. And all the all the comments for your, for your chat. And and for the chat with you, Brad, it's fun as always. Yes, and um, yeah, thank you, Paul, for everything you're doing in the background, and cheers for joining me tonight, Richie. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in and joining us um, on the standoff with Brad and Richie. Uh, for your weekly update on Rugby League, tune into our show next week at 8pm here on Facebook or at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. And good night, everyone. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.